0: From ArchD Radio, this is the For Teachers podcast, a podcast about teaching for teachers. I'm James Meston. In 2019, ArchD launched a podcast called School Life, all about school experiences from lots of different angles. Friendships, the classroom, co-curricular activities, starting school, graduating from school teachers, principals, everything you could imagine, with our central focus being the voices of students. As I went from school to school, though, I also had some fantastic conversations and was part of some amazing discussions with teachers and school leaders around the practical and theoretical aspects of teaching students, the pedagogies, the evolution of their school's curriculum strategies and education outcomes, and their own personal journeys as teachers. Things that didn't quite fit into the School Life podcast format, but too good and too important to not find a place for. So now, this year, we're happy to launch this new podcast for teachers as a place to find rich conversations and resources, which I hope you find useful in your own teaching practice or even just for your own interest and listening. Now we're gonna kick off with a series of panel conversations I had late last year with teachers who have been a part of the Caesar Middle Years Network. Catholic Education South Australia has moved ahead of other school sectors in Adelaide and some of rural South Australia to move year seven to secondary settings from the start of 2019, from last year. And a group of seven schools opted to be a part of a network supporting educators as they inquire into learning, pedagogy and well-being that encourage the middle years learners to thrive and flourish. The principal aim of this was to help participants develop a deeper understanding of the implications that the developmental changes that occur in adolescence have for teaching in the middle years. The venue for the day was the brand new auditorium at Xavier College in Gawler so new in fact that we were the very first group to ever use it it hadn't even been officially opened so it seems only fitting that my first conversation was with janet kuma xavier's assistant principal of middle school teaching and learning in my introduction i mentioned that i had a personal if not professional experience of middle years learning as my son was just about to finish year 9 but before I got a chance to ask Janet my first question, she got in ahead of me.
1: I've got a question for you though. Fantastic. How's your fifteen-year-old son going? It's a nice age, isn't
0: it? <sighs> I tell you what, the fifteen-year-old son—he's fine generally. I wish he—I wish he'd talk to me more about general bits Doesn't and grunt. pieces. So, and I'll, I'll, we'll get into this later, but I'm hearing more and more at the moment this idea of the horrible year nines, yeah. the horrible year nine class. It's almost this stuff of legend now. People talk about it as if it's kind of like a foregone conclusion, but I know that there's a huge amount of work that you guys are doing as well, mm. looking into the whole idea of going, you know what, the horrible year nine stuff isn't necessarily a foregone conclusion, it can be looked at a bit of a different way. But look, let's let's go back to the start because Because I'm new to this and I know a lot of people that are going to be listening, hopefully, in sort of like the wider Catholic ed community and even sort of like the global community or whatever, are going to be um, not sure exactly where we kind of have come from. So in 2017, this project started Mm -hmm. as the Reimagining the Middle Years Program and it was prompted by the fact that the Year 7s, we're going to be moving up to secondary school mm. earlier here in um, Catholic ed in the metro areas sooner than the state schools were going to be doing in 2022. So Xavier was one of the first schools that jumped on board with this. Can you talk a little bit about that initial time and whether there was any particular things that you were hoping to address by being a part of, of mm, that program?
1: Sure. Um- Probably when we first started, I think the biggest thing was that we were just really conscious that we didn't want to just put a Year 7 class into a secondary school and teach them as Year 7s in a secondary school. Right. So I think what we did was we kind of worked backwards. And why not? It would be doing them a disservice. It would be doing our year eights and nines a disservice as they move through. And it would be not grabbing an amazing opportunity that you don't get too often, to be right. honest. Because we, we saw it as a really fantastic chance to, as you say, reimagine our whole middle school and then see the flow on effect of that into our senior school. So we looked at it quite holistically.
0: Why did you think that the middle school needed to be reimagined? Surely you saw a need there somewhere and you went, it's just not doing it's not doing what we wanted to do truth
1: be told i'd been given this was a turning point for me i'd been given a year nine relief lesson and it was look last double of the day so it was always going to be not super fun but I'd walked in there. (laughs)
0: What day of the week was it? Friday.
1: Okay. It was foul actually. (laughs) And I'd walked in there and it was a double classroom and they had remodelled the classroom and there was two classes in there and they were um, working on laptops on the industrial revolution and it was really bland and really boring and I didn't enjoy being in there myself. I thought if I'm not enjoying it, how are these kids enjoying it? So I thought that's the first point for me something's got to
0: happen right um, did you straight away go it needs to have more of this it needs to have more of that or did you look at this and just go this isn't working but at this stage I've just got no idea how to really kind of switch this to make this more interesting or somewhere in between
1: probably more that I looked at it and thought First of all, this has got to be more engaging, and this has got to be more relevant, and this has had, got, this had no buy-in and no hook. So they You're were right. the big things that I kind of thought of straight up. So and um, and the part of it that was affirming about that thought was when the kids had left, there was another relief teacher in there as well, yeah. and I kind of looked at him and I said, "Well, that was foul." <laughs> and he's going, "Guess that was foul." <laughs> I go, it was, "We can't keep doing this." So and then it was just a conversation from there basically that started things
0: okay yeah so um there was a bit of a questionnaire that kind of came out prior to today that everyone here has answered and i'm going to be referring to that a little bit yep. and some of the answers that you gave
1: i can't remember what i gave
0: well i'm about to tell you good thing i've got it all written down <laughs> okay. so when you were asked what you think is the best thing that your school has done as part of the program you named transition pbl and targeted teaching were the yep. three things that you said so In those three particular areas, we'll start with transition. You've named them as successes, but were there any particular challenges that you faced along the way in accomplishing what it is that you see as a success?
1: Yeah. So with the transition part, I think one of the big things was um, making sure the community felt comfortable because we were essentially getting... Talk
0: to me about that. Talk to me about who is your community.
1: So our parents um, were not... They were not ready in their head for their kids to be in a secondary setting in year 7 they were okay with it in year 8 because they were expecting it and they yep. were always expecting it but they were well and truly out of their comfort zones so I think one of the first things that we had to do was make community feel comfortable and confident with us so confidence with us with year 8 to 12 but they'd never seen us operate in year 7 right. to 12 so that was probably one of the first things that we had to do um, and the other part of that in terms of transition was making sure the kids themselves felt comfortable too right. So you know, what did you
0: do in both of those areas to actually make that work?
1: Visited kids as much as we could, went to schools, um, put a lot of information out on websites. Uh, I made myself really accessible and really available, so if anyone had questions, I'm ap- more than happy to have a chat or a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. I live in the community too, okay. so I was kind of... Not kind of, I was getting asked a lot of questions consistently which I don't mind you know but um, that was a big part of it the other part of it too was talking to the school board so that was a really big part to get buy-in for that not just for transition but with our PBL with our project-based learning yeah so we kind of had some people on the school board who knew what it was but were a little worried in terms that their kids might have been quite high achieving children and they thought they were worried that a project-based learning approach to some things might have affected their grades and their results and anxiety. Uh-huh. Yeah, so to combat that, what I did was, when we were running sessions for them, I invited them in to our, to our professional development session so they could see it for themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was there anything that happened, like challenges that came up along the way in that area that you didn't foresee, things that really took you by surprise?
1: Uh not really, because I'd kind of experienced with it before, the things the things that kind of happened were things that kind of expected to happen. Yeah. I suppose one of the things that are positive that took me by surprise was how effective it was. Right. Yeah, with our 9s I wasn't expecting them to... I knew that they would have the eye roll moment about it before it started. The eye roll? Yeah, you know. So... so <laughs>
0: Was there a particular moment where the eye roll... Could you relay us a story of that?
1: Groupings. So getting kids together with groupings, they... so we did it. Um, used a little bit of experiment, I suppose, with it. So we had the same teacher, two different classes, uh-huh. and we and to group together, we got we gave the kids in one class the option of picking their own groups, and then the second class they didn't get to pick their group. So they
0: were teacher. Okay. assigned like group. It kind of yeah, was control a control group.
1: group. <laughs> and so the ki- the group that worked the best actually was a teacher-selected group. Okay. So and the eye roll moment came when they didn't get to pick their own groups because they wanted desperately to be with their friends however what happened uh, was at the end of the whole trial of the of the project based learning was that those kids who'd had trouble in their groups working together it spilled over into their friendships
0: right yeah so right. that
1: that yeah. so yeah that became really evident that um, the kids really probably weren't up for that Yeah. So Yeah, so that was interesting too. Um, the other part of it was really just establishing those group norms. So what we did learn from a and learnt um, to do differently was we kind of did a PBL on PBL first up. Mm. So and learning about how to work with group, what collaboration was, that you don't always have to agree, how you work through things. And the kids started to really hold themselves accountable. So that was excellent. Mm. But the great moment was when they had finished the whole thing and we went through our showcase and our Year 9s could really talk in depth and really authentically about their learning and how much it enjoyed the process. So mm, that was great. That is awesome. It That's was awesome.
0: Challenges along the way, things that um, were...
1: Yeah, probably just the buy-in again, but we've worked along that really well. So it's, it was kind of embedded in our pastoral care system as well. So that was really something that we used the whole time, our pastoral care system, our And what did that look system. like in the
0: pastoral care system?
1: Well, it kind of is a backbone to everything we do. So yeah. rather than reinvent the wheel, it's, just, it's such a unique system. I used it to build from. So it's our oratory. So our positive behaviour very much around our oratory mm-hmm. so that peer support so our year seven's getting a lot of support from the year 12s
0: okay yeah
1: that kind of thing and how
0: often does that happen what does every that look day like with, every day
1: yeah so we give our oratory a whole line so it, we afford it A lot of time and um, our oratory teachers to be an oratory teacher is to win the pot of gold to be honest with you it's it's something that most people want to do so we have our year sevens now and from the same oratory teacher from when they're in year seven to when they finish year 12 so they don't change teachers so we develop those really strong relationships and the obviously the kids when you say oratory
0: teacher that's like a home Home room okay yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that works beautifully. So, we case manage our kids. But the thing is, as Gabrielle said, it's middle school, so it's relational. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Targeted learning. Talk a bit about that.
1: So, I was once again I suppose reflecting back to what kids would learn in a primary school I was really conscious that our year sevens if they were in a primary school would still do explicit skill development in in lines of um, guided reading um, spelling, specific punctuation, that kind of thing and in a secondary school we don't always teach skills, sometimes we go to content because we've got things that we have to teach to and goals we have to reach Mm -hmm. so targeted skills development was based on data that we get from PAT data from NAPLAN and from other data that we use in school that we develop ourselves teacher observations um, and then the students are in small groups they're not static groups they're not streamed groups they're fluid groups and they look at specific skill sets in the curriculum that then feed into their Maths and English. They have Maths and English classes still, Mm -hmm. but then we would do something like, for example, if we're looking at Maths, um, a student might have trouble with fractions, so they will go in a specific group that is a smaller group that works on something more fundamental to understanding fractions. Mm-hmm. But if they were really great at it, they might be in a group that is extending their concept of it. So while they might be good at that, they might struggle with algebra. So it'd be a different skill set. So they'll be in this group that has that skill set.
0: Have you found that along the way, has there been much change through the course of this year mm. once the introduction has happened? Is mm. there been change from a curriculum perspective, change from a pedagogical perspective? A bit of both. Massive. For Really? Yeah, massive. Like, t- talk to me about like where you started and kind of what has fundamentally changed so in we both did, those areas. So
1: we did a trial of it last year. We worked with a core group of Year 8s and we worked with two classes and we developed it last year. And then this year uh, we worked all Year 7s and 8s do it and do it, that will continue through. Mm-hmm. But what it was, I suppose it was a shock for some teachers because um, it is not the kind of thing where you can hand out a worksheet. It involves rolling your sleeves up I suppose and it probably involves a little bit more of a primary pedagogy than some of our teachers are used to. Right. So that has been a bit of a shock for some of them.
0: One thing that I have heard uh, along the way, sort of anecdotally from other teachers, especially ones that are introducing some of these more programs, is that there is a bit of pushback against going, well, this is the way that this is the way that we teach secondary school. This is the way that we teach middle yeah. years. Has that been something, a challenge that you've had to face it all along the way?
1: Yes and no. Um, I don't think it's been deliberate pushback. I think it's just been when people... Or maybe are,
0: resist or just yeah, kind of like discomfort? I just think
1: you go back to what you know. Yeah. You know, and I think that's probably what we had with some teachers. They just went back to what they knew. But what we did to combat that a little bit was um, rather than push back again put something in place to help so I hired someone else as well mm. and um, they have, they're a, a teacher who's got a lot of great primary pedagogy right. and I'll also add junior primary pedagogy as well which has actually been really helpful How so? Uh, Hands on stuff
0: Right, and Breaking you felt that's apart. helped with Year 7? Helped
1: a lot. Okay. So I used that person in a coaching role and a mentoring role, okay. So and that's helped a lot because it's been that person who can come into classes, run a mini-lesson if they need to, help with ideas, help with collation of materials, all kinds of stuff.
0: Right. So what's the addition of Year 7 been like for Xavier? How has Xavier changed?
1: They run <laughs> around a lot. They run? <laughs> But it's been great. They've just added this other dynamic uh, that's just been really, really lovely, really mm. fantastic. I feel like our kids have just embraced them so much. Really? Really have. Uh, um, was that
0: unexpected? Did you expect them to do that?
1: Not really because we've got a great community here anyway mm. and because of the way Xavier's set up, I think a lot of them know each other out in the community or might know older siblings and things as well. Mm-hmm. So that's been really good. But the other part of it was we really targeted using our Year 11s, so that when the Year 7s were here, they had Year 12 buddies. So we really used the kids as a really important integral part of the transition process.
0: Yeah. Do you yep. think they were ready? It was, has this been the right thing? Yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I think that when you teach Year 7s in a primary setting, um, primary schools are fantastic, but I think they've had enough and I think they're ready to be a little bit more grown up.
0: a real pleasure for me to really spend a lot of time this year working on uh, I went to Mount Carmel College and mm. I went to Cardine College and we did a kind of like an interview with students because we did this one last year called Race to High School which was about getting them ready yeah. for the transition and the things that they needed and kind of like an amazing race kind of um, um, sort of atmosphere, and the one that we did this year was really trying to capture well, different students. But a year later, and on the first day when I went to uh, uh, Mount Carmel, I sort of noticed something about the students, and I was thinking I can't put my finger on what it is about them that's different, as opposed to the one that I have at home, yeah. <laughs> who's year seven in a, in, a, in a public school at the moment. And it was when I went to Cardon, and I noticed exactly the same thing, and I thought they're sitting differently. They, yeah. they, you know, they, they have a different aura about them they that do. they were kind of really ready for doing that and talking to all of them in both schools right across the board some of whom had you know come from a public school setting where they missed out on their year seven graduation and their yeah. year seven jackets and and all of that lovely stuff that that they get to show that they're graduating that every single one of them in both schools said they made the right decision yeah. coming up early yeah. which blew my mind and now that i'm at when i'm at home and i see my year seven who is frustrated, really, and spinning her wheels a lot, Mm. just can't wait. I mean, I had to like, I had to resist taking her on the high school tour until the end of year six because she wanted to do it in year four. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, a principal changes, you know, things can change in in all that time. You'd be best seeing a school ready to go. But she was ready. She yes, was they ready are. Right to so go. so
1: ready. I think. And that's, I guess, that's a challenge we had here. You've got to find that sweet spot. They're really ready. They want to come. They want to be grown up. But you also don't want to throw them in the deep end. No, so yeah. that we worked really hard on that as well. So that was down to timetabling, uh, support that we gave them, buddies, that kind of thing. So while our kids move around and they change classes and change teachers, yeah. they certainly wouldn't do that as much in Year 7 as they would perhaps obviously when they're older.
0: Now, so, yeah. it, as, as, a, as a school here in a community that has a lot of R of 7 schools around it, mm. uh, Have you found that um, maintaining good relationships with other schools in the community has been really important?
1: Really important.
0: How have you done it? Uh,
1: Look, I think, to be in all honesty, with some of the Catholic schools, it's obviously easier. But with some of the department schools, because Catholic ed came over earlier, we had to kind of was the pushback from them yeah. a little so it was a, a matter of them understanding that we weren't trying to steal children from them you know it but was that bad. becomes the reality but though, that was the it? reality um ha- look i'll happily say that over the last two years one of our public schools it's a great public primary school and quite a large feeder school for us has welcomed us so we've been able to go there and we've gone to, for visits um people who took tours around with people who go to visits and we talk to the kids and and it's been really fantastic so i guess we've just tried to do things like make them aware that we want to work with them mm. and we're not trying to work against them, but I think the fact that the department is taking kids over into the secondary school scene has helped that
0: a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, but it's still not going to be for another couple of years no. until that happens. So if you, if you were to give advice to any other schools who are in the same boat or mm. in a community where there's other public schools around who have a concern about students being taken early, mm. if you could give them one piece of advice only, what would that be? Uh,
1: Build positive relationships.
0: Right, so get on the front foot. Get
1: on the front foot as much as you can. So yeah, that's been really important to us.
0: With the integration, can you give us an overview of how teaching of middle schools, like right across the board, um, in years eight and nine now look different because of the addition of the year seven yeah. Has it changed that?
1: So, sevens and eights both do targeted literacy and numeracy, um, where year eights weren't doing anything like that to start off with.
0: Right. What has eight- been the what's what have you seen as the positive effects of that?
1: In- well, increased literacy, which then pans over into their other assignments and their assessment tasks and things like that, and their formative, and just increased confidence, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, able to apply those skills.
0: And I guess it wouldn't... I don't know if, if I'm saying this is a kind of like a dirty thing to bring up here, but that's not going to have a bad impact on Year 9 NAPLAN, is it?
1: Absolutely not, mm. yeah. I don't know, there was a really interesting interview on the radio a couple of weeks ago and uh, someone was talking about the need to go back to basics and I didn't think it had ever gone out. So, you know, yeah. so it was that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's not going to have a bad impact on NAPLAN, which is... You know, NACLAN's certainly not the be-all and end-all, but in terms of confidence and strategy, that's Mm. how I see it.
0: I know it's not the be-all and end-all, but it can't help but be... Exactly. It's one of those things, isn't it? I had a really interesting conversation with a primary school principal the other day, and we were talking about uh, in junior primary years how um, students are just way more creative; they're doing yeah. way more things, and, and all of that stuff. It said, but it said, when you get to year three, you notice it all change and go out the window. I yeah. said, well, why? Why is that? Why, what actually happens? It said NAPLAN. Yeah. And that was really sad. It is sad.
1: <laughs> Parents like NAPLAN, though. Parents do, they? do. I think. Well, I think some of them do. Well, they look at NAPLAN when they look at schools. Yeah. I think they do.
0: Well, I mean, so, yeah. if, if that's what comes out on the website, though, what that's else right. are they going to look at? You know, exactly. that's the thing. It's the big indicator. Yeah. This has been wonderful. Thank you very much that's for okay. being so open and honest. I've got to ask the little final few questions though. If you're ready. Sure. So, um, how do you think that the school has grown, and how have you grown as a teacher and maybe even a person working with this middle years program? <laughs>
1: Um, I'll be really honest. This middle years network has been really crucial for us. Crucial, for crucial. And um, I did say this, and I and I'll say this hand on heart, that this has probably been the best network I've ever been involved with, and I've been involved with a lot. But it's been really important for us, integral actually, for framing our philosophy, for um, clarification of things. Working with Donna has been amazing yeah. as well. Talk
0: to me a bit about that. She's from Griffith University. She's isn't she?
1: amazing. I, I could. To the point where, if I had a question or I was considering things and wanting some more ideas about something, I'd ring her, and she'd bring us back. Yeah, wow. You know, which is pretty amazing mm. support to have. Um, it was. She was. The whole thing has been a really big journey, and it's been a big sense of responsibility. But it's probably been one of the most exciting things to date we've ever been involved in.
0: Wow! Yeah, That's I love that. It's
1: huge. Well, we got to look at we got to look at curriculum. We got to look at teaching. We got to look at pedagogy. Um, we got to get excited about a few things. Um, our year eights have got more choices. It's been an increase in student agency about things. Mm-hmm. And um, to the point where I had a year 11 class the other week and they needed to learn how to do, they were doing something in integrated learning and uh, they were confused. I said, remember what you did in PBL? And they're going, oh yeah, that's right. So you can just see flow on effects now. So it's just been absolutely yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. i ask one more question and this is really funny. I had a bit of a loop on this. Like last night I was sitting down, I was like typing out the questions I was gonna ask for today. And um, uh, my year nine son came up to me and said, what are you working on? And I said, oh, I'm just writing some questions for tomorrow. And he just looked at the screen just as I was writing out, going, if you could go back... Uh, like go back in time to when you first started the program and give yourself one piece of advice that you know would be really crucial, uh, that would really help you along the way, what would that be? He goes oh, that's such a teacher to year nine question. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought a perfectly closed loop of a middle <laughs> years experience, so in answer to the question, what would you say? Um,
1: if I could have done anything a little different basically, is that what you're asking Yeah, me?
0: basically, yeah. Um,
1: I probably would have got my title literacy and numeracy person, that I Using as a coach in a little earlier, right? So yeah, probably would have done that a little earlier,
0: right? Did you so, foresee yeah. at the time that you wanted to get that person in, and you kind of went, "Oh, we'll see how we go," but was your instinct that you would need that?
1: I did think I'd need that. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, but that's okay, but that, but that's all right. I, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind a little bit of chaos. I think you've got to embrace it anyway. But having said that, it was it's been a good thing to do because teachers who were involved in the program without that person's support. Wouldn't make same mistakes again. Whereas if I just told them or just showed them, I don't know if the learnings is authentic either for them.
0: Yeah. Now every um, person who's been involved in the project has, has had like an inquiry-based question that they've been working on. Is that mm-hmm. right? A focus, focus area. area yeah how is I mean did you find that um, uh, where you I mean I guess in terms of I guess the work that you'd be doing with the network the question I'm sort of asking is go. did you find that there was enough like flexibility and clearly you're saying yes flexibility in what you were doing to go okay well this is going to apply specifically to my school setting because yep, totally. every school setting is going to be different in terms yeah. of middle years yep. so you found it to be flexible and malleable enough of the things that you were doing yeah, to absolutely. kind of apply to that yep, totally. and so what's been sort of your main sort of like focus area if you had to sort of like congeal it into to sort of like 10 words or less?
1: That is really hard. Our main focus area has been just to make the most dynamic, engaging middle school that we could do and to have that permeate forwards and backwards so to see flow on effects in our senior year levels and and it has been because we're looking at shark tank and all that kind of stuff as well because of it and to help the community in moving their year sevens across
0: what's the shark tank thing that sounds fun
1: it's entrepreneurial stuff which has come out from the pbl stuff that we're doing so yeah it's fun. we're going to put it into the new business say stuff
0: oh fantastic yeah that's brilliant thank you it's okay it's been awesome (laughs) So, in the coming weeks we'll be releasing podcasts of the rest of the conversations from that day each one looking at different aspects of middle years teaching and learning and comparing the experiences of the year 7 transition in different schools across South Australia The 4 Teachers Podcast is a production of ArchD Radio please check our show notes for full credits for the music used in this episode if you enjoy The 4 Teachers Podcast please subscribe and tell other teachers and educators about it And be sure to check out our other podcast, School Life, which focuses on schools from the students' perspectives. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is James Meston. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Four Teachers podcast.